You're right, Hal. You need a door, buddy. You know what I need? I need a Nerf gun that's got tranquilizer darts on it. We'll definitely edit that bit out. Yeah. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the All Talk Car Podcast, Full House again tonight, uh, hosted by Peter Onus. We've got Hello Mustafa in one end of the world. Greetings. And I've got Ross Galetis at the other end of the world. Oh, hello, everybody. How are we? We're going to talk about something really serious tonight, especially for listeners who've borrowed someone's pride and joy and went, oh, shit, I put the wrong petrol in, in the tank. The car won't start. So basically, joining us tonight, we've got Simon Lavery, an operations and business development manager for a company called Wrong Fuel Rescue. And I think that's a great name because what it says on the box is what you guys do. You put wrong fuel in a car. They'll rescue you. They'll rescue you. Simon, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. No, thank you for coming on, mate. Yeah, so basically, like like we said, it's 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 it, it is what it is on the box. Um, go, I got a live story, Pete. Yeah, but I've got a beauty as well. But <laughs> it, it happened, Ross. What? Oh, it's happened. It's happened, happened more than once, and we've used the uh, these guys plenty of times. And I've got obviously a fleet of drivers on the road, and sometimes they don't realise that petrol and diesel and God knows what else is in the pump is, is different. They just stick the thing in and start pumping fuel and start the car and say, oops, I put the wrong fuel in. And in the past, you'd have to freak, you know, get the thing towed, freak out, send it to the mechanic. But it was at the point where the servo guy turned around and said, hey, why don't you call the rescue guys? You know, it's the rescue guys. <laughs> rescue guys. I thought Superman or someone was going to come down and rescue us. But no, these guys came out. It was, it was actually quite a... I reckon it would have taken about an hour. And I don't know what they did, but they got the, they got the vehicle back on the road and, you know, we don't have any issues with it. It's had about five or six different goes. So the guys, you know, really test it and challenge these guys. My guys, my drivers. Let's ask Simon. So basically, I've put the wrong fuel in the car. I've realised it at the service station. What do I do? Okay, so if, you, if you've, you've put the incorrect fuel in the car and you're at the service station, make sure you don't start the car. The first thing is that any time that you start the engine, uh, the potential for damage is there. So uh, as you say, you can go into the servo, ask them for the card, but really what you should be doing is Googling wrong fuel rescue straight away. Give us a call. We'll organise to come out, get it started for you again. So basically you guys are mobile. You've got, you've got a, a fleet of cars or vans on the road. Yeah, that's right. We've got 11 vehicles nationwide. So basically we're always prepared. If you give us a quick call, we can come out. As you say, uh, it takes about an hour. Usually we're there within an hour all depending on uh, how much workload is there, and uh, we can come out and sort it out for you. And, and how often does this happen? Is it as stupid as it well, sounds? To build, enough to build a massive business out of it. You've got a say. nationwide <laughs> business out of it, but does it happen all the time? It does happen consistently. So um, we, we as a company, we deal with about uh, between six and 7,000 of these a year. Wow. And, and we're probably not even a, a quarter of the market. There's a lot of those that happen in remote areas that happen uh, outside of our service areas, things like that. But we are the actual, we're the primary company that, that services this industry. And yeah, we, we knock over probably anywhere between six and 7,000 a year. COVID's obviously slowed that down a little bit. People aren't moving as much as they used used to but uh certainly yeah it's still a a prolific issue and, and then the obvious one is putting diesel in petrol and pet, uh, unleaded or petrol in diesel uh, is is that the most common problems 
Yeah, definitely. So we find that um, about 90% of our work is a diesel vehicle that's had petrol added to it. Whereas if uh, if we looked at the uh, the other breakdowns, the petrol vehicle around about the 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 ten percent there, uh, and it's funny that one is quite sporadic. That really sort of comes in waves. Petrol into diesel will will happen all the time, whereas your your diesel into petrol happens on a uh, like a price cycle thing. It must mm. have a contributing factor as to why it happens. Oh, okay. Yeah. Does, is there a different nozzle? No. There is. So they're, they're different sized and they're also different colours. But then you go down to specific branding within the different uh, service stations. So if someone's using a, a service station that they're not familiar with, it's more likely to happen. And if somebody's using a service station that uh, they've entered from a different direction or had to pull up at a different bowser. We're creatures of habit. We always fill up at the same bowser if we can. We tend to go down to the local servo or something like that. And when something's a little different and we don't notice it, it can have that effect. Yeah, you're right, though, because a lot of servos have their own colours. Like well, that's what I was going to say, colors, yeah. At the moment, Ampol, uh, Caltex is rebranded to Ampol, and everything's like the, te- the diesel's still black, but the, what's it called? The, the fuel that I normally use has changed colours to silver. I mean, mm. I, every time I pick it up, I have to like look at it, double check, triple check. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, uh, asking, cool. asking for a friend, Simon, what's the difference between petrol and a diesel? <laughs> <laughs> Petrol and diesel. Yeah. Like, yeah. How could it cause so much damage? Well, diesel's an oil, so it's it's the primary lubricant for the engine, uh, for the for the fuel system for the engine. Right. So, whereas petrol is a solvent, so therefore, if you add a solvent to an area where it's supposed to be an oil you're actually cleaning away the, the oil properties and therefore you don't get any lubrication. So you're damaging the engine, like the, the, the internals oh, or the guts of it. Yeah, definitely. So um, certainly a significant damage to fuel system components, which are under high pressure. They have low tolerance. Also, because petrol is flammable, it has a, um, it's quite volatile. And when, it's, uh, when you end up in the situation of, of adding petrol to diesel, it increases the volatility. So therefore, you end up in a situation where the timing goes out on the engine. It increases the temperature of the engine. You get detonation, which then destroys engines. So can I put... Okay, so we just said petrol into diesel is bad. Can I just yes. put the diesel in with the lubrication, just get extra lubrication, maybe we'll go faster? No, it doesn't work like that. Add diesel into petrol? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. no. I was going to try that tomorrow. When it goes back you the said other way, it was just—is it like two-stroke versus normal? No. Yeah. So two, no, it's different. Okay. All right. Just checking. I'm just checking. I'm just checking. Unfortunately, with you um, can see why I've used you guys six times. Don't you? Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, when you go the other way around, what you've got is that uh, you've got a vehicle that um, requires that volatility. It needs oh, okay. that so that it gets its spark and its push. And and what you what you're doing is you're adding an oil. Combustion temperatures just don't reach that, and it and it can't burn the diesel. So what it does is it it basically ends up with a lot of smoke and eventually fouls the spark plugs. The other problem that you get is you can end up with a lot of diesel down into the catalytic converter. So once you get the vehicle going again, uh, you've got a lot of this uh, high energy fuel 
that can cause meltdown situation in your catalytic converter, which can be quite expensive as well. I take my cats out. That's fine. I reckon I'm going to try it tomorrow. <laughs> Diesel in the car. Yeah. So like we said at the start, like if, if you realise the problem at the service station or, or immediately, just sit, wait, the technicians will come out. And, and I'm guessing what, they flush the engine? They what, 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 how, how would they diagnose it? What would they do? Well, so basically what the principal problem is that you've got the wrong fuel. Yeah. Okay. So the reality is that uh, what what needs to happen is that the the fuel needs to be removed and it needs to be replaced with the correct fuel. So that's um, that's the fundamental basics of what we do. Obviously, it's a lot more technical than that. You can't just basically lift the lid and and take fuel out and things like that. We've got our specialist equipment. We've got our specialist procedures. Things like that. That can all be done at, at, at mobile at the roadside with the type of equipment that we uh, that we've accessed. The best thing that you can do is to to not actually uh, start the vehicle. Once you've started the vehicle, it goes up through the engine, and it, it actually creates more work, and it also creates potential for damage. So anything you can do to pre- prevent any potential for damage is, is the best. Your next step really is the phone call. Yeah. Ring up, book in, get the job done, and make sure that it, it's 100%. So basically, your, your trucks are equipped to remove the fuel because you, you can fill up to 60, 70 litres in, in maybe up to 100 in some vehicles. So removing the fuel is probably the first thing that would have to happen. Yes, and then you obviously probably put in a couple of litres of the correct fuel and then crank it, or that you guys got some like diagnostic type you can hook up the engine to see if the damage is a bit more than that. We do um, diagnostics on engines. We do um, carry um, uh, scan tools so that we can actually check and make sure. Uh, the reality is, if it's at a service station and you haven't you haven't started the engine, none of that fuel's gone through the engine as yet, so there's less of an issue there. Generally, at a at a service station, we can remove the fuel, we can um, add the correct fuel, and it's it's not so much a, a couple of liters at a petrol station. You can fill them right up, which is yeah. a great thing. The um, we we still do the diagnostics at that point just to make sure, and that's where we we. We tend to pick up some um, pre-existing conditions and things like that for the benefit of a customer in that situation. But just to make sure everything's done right, part of the, the technical part of this process is that uh, you can get issues around not getting it all out. And uh, we like to pick that up straight away and then we um, so that we're, we make sure that the quality of the job is, is, is 100%. We do go a little bit further in terms of if the vehicle's been driven. So the uh, obviously the the incorrect fuel has accessed different areas of the fuel system, and we have to make sure that we leave that fuel system with an integrity of the correct fuel at all times. So if if you if it happens within like obviously if you drive away from the servo and then it's like five minutes, oh shit, what have I done? You can still save the engine. I mean, I'm thinking I'm going down the road the road of cost now. The car, you can save it, yeah. Approximately 60% of the, the jobs we do are at a service station. The uh, the other 40, remaining 40% generally have been driven, whether it be a short distance or a reasonable dif- distance. Yeah. We find that most of these are salvageable. Uh, there's got to be some damage, but the reality is that it's uh, that that minor that, uh, that the salvageability rate is high. The type of repair that we do 
uh, increases that salvageability rate. So you'll find that even if you do drive the vehicle, best thing to just uh, pull over at the safest point, make sure that you're in a safe area. Uh, we can come out and we can actually organise to, to, to sort the vehicle out at that point. Another thing I was going to ask is it's not only petrol, diesel, diesel, petrol, but what if you've got shit fuel? What, what, what happens when your car's just not running right? Is that, is that something you guys can help out as well? It is. We can. The um, we certainly do have a um, we we do have a good success rate in that area. Generally, with that one there, the um, like contaminated fuels, things like that, we can certainly remove all of those from your tank. We can replace the fuel. But if you've got situations where um, you've got contaminants that are quite uh, severe, you may require some further repairs down the track on that one. Yeah, I know what you were saying about the uh, don't start your car after you put the uh, the bad fuel in it. Many years ago i pulled up at the servo and um, left the engine running started putting fuel in it but it wasn't the wrong fuel it had uh, it had water in it because the car stalled while i was filling it up oh uh, i was like what, what's it stalled? i thought something was wrong so why what, what was so, the water in the fuel the tanks were contaminated yeah sometimes the tanks leak it's they're not they've been under there for decades basically i'm filling up and uh, the car stalled and it's like Okay, something's wrong with the car, whatever. Keep filling up and go inside and pay for the petrol. So I came back outside, and the car's just going, <laughs> pulled, pulled the hose off where um, where the fuel um, line was in the engine bay and cranked it again into an empty water bottle. Ironic. And guess what? It was water. Yeah. Wow. It wasn't it petrol, it was water. Yeah, it was pretty much all, all water. There was that bit of fuel in it. That, and actually, because it happened right there at the servo, they shut all those tanks down. But yeah. Caltex paid the whole freight on an engine rebuild. Yes, the um, with water in fuel, it will it will shut down. Once again, water's similar to the diesel. The, the car can't burn it. Well, water doesn't burn. And unfortunately, yeah, you will find after major weather events that uh, that you will get certain service stations that that are subject to water in the tanks. Water has got a um, it's it's heavier than petrol, so it will always sit on the bottom of the tank. So when the tanks are compromised, that water will always uh, be the first one to appear. So, so we could have water in our tanks now if we don't, because I never, I always fill up halfway. If you um. If you've got water in your tank, you know very quickly because the water always sits on the bottom. It's uh, it's heavier than the petrol, and it doesn't mix. So they're what what's called uh, immiscible liquids. So basically, um, uh, petrol and water, or diesel and water, don't mix. They stay separate. Yeah. So basically, the uh, the water will sit on the bottom of the tank, and therefore, when the you you start the engine or try to run the engine, it's only drawing the water that's off the bottom, and that, so you you notice very quickly. And have you had any like may like if you had any any stories from absolute disasters where someone's you know filled up and then you know half petrol, half diesel, put a bit of octane booster in there let's throw some water in let's see how far we can get or really. look we we do and and unfortunately yeah out of um out of those seven thousand a year we do we do come across the ones that they've actually driven to the point point that the pumps bind oh wow they um i've seen um I've seen high pressure pumps that have snapped in half. We've also seen uh, injector failures. We had a poor girl recently uh, traveling in Queensland that was uh, hell bent on uh, getting out of the lockdown zone oh, and wow. and yeah dr- uh, made the five thousand dollar decision to to keep driving those um, 
those are things that um and look we're all human people do what they do you you get the you get the situation where people say oh well i didn't put much in so i'll just top it up yeah, yeah so well, let's say i go in and put two liters of diesel into my petrol engine and just go you know what I want to put 58 litres of normal petrol. It should be okay. It's all fuel. Mix it up. Yeah, yeah it's all fuel, but it's, it doesn't work that way. And unfortunately... Well, you can um, tell I'm not a mechanic, right? <laughs> yeah. That's, unfortunately, um, in the olden days, and then there's still a lot of old, older day mechanics that say that, ah, oh, she's right to top it up and over the top. But the reality is the risks are high. That diesel, like if you're talking about a petrol, mm. that diesel can't be burnt in the petrol engine. So it's got to end up in a catalytic converter. So how much can a catalytic converter take before it goes in the meltdown? It, it could be quite costly. Sorry, Simon. So, but, so if you just put in two litres, oops, I made a mistake, and then switch over to petrol, that's still enough to, to call you guys out oh, because... Yeah, oh, definitely. At the end of the day, uh, yeah, it's cost-effective to call us out because your risks are high, particularly in a diesel engine. So think of it from the point of view of that you've got a diesel engine that has a specific timing for the engine. We all know about timing. If the timing's too too far advanced, you get pinging, detonation, creates heat, destroys engines. All right. The actual injection sequence on that engine is designed to inject at the right time so that that diesel actually starts to expand once the piston has gone past top dead center. If you increase the volatility of that fuel, you increase the timing, uh, the, the reaction rate. So what happens is that you put two litres of petrol in there, you've just increased the volatility of that fuel all round. So now what you're starting to see is detonation. You're starting to see that the timing's too advanced because the, the petrol reacts too quickly. So therefore, what happens to an engine when the reaction is before it hits top dead center to the power stroke? It can only uh, change it into heat or uh, noise. So therefore, you get your rattling, you get your detonation, stuff like that. You blow holes in pistons, burn the end off um, injectors glow plugs, things like that. And that can all happen from just two litres of, of petrol being added to a diesel engine. Well, I, I would have just topped it up and kept going. <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> Your car's under warranty. <laughs> yeah, the manufacturers actually clearly state zero, zero tolerance. Wow. There has to be something, like some point, but the reality is uh, to, to find that point, there's been no research there's no documented papers on the internet to say what, what is an allowable amount. There's there's nothing out there other than people who actually stand uh, uh, publish their horrific stories of, I destroyed my engine. And that's that's the risk. It's the risk against um, the minimal cost of, of fixing the problem correctly. Yeah, well. And can I ask a question? Let's say I put the wrong fuel in my car. We drive down the road. I've topped it up with petrol. It's a diesel car. I've topped it up with petrol. I've added some octane boost. I've done all that. I've driven 15 kilometres down the road. I've called you guys. You guys looked at me and gone, you're crazy. We can't fix this. Blah, blah. Is that insurable? Like, can I ring up the insurance company and say, hey, I'm an idiot. I've put petrol in my diesel car. I've blown the motor up. I've called these guys to try and fix it. I, I tried to fix the situation, but it just didn't work. I've blown the motor up. The car's undrivable. It's beyond repair. Is it something the insurance companies are going to cover or, or you would know? Most of the insurance companies have written it out of the PDS. The, oh, really? Um, yeah. 
if you have a look at a lot of the uh, product disclosure statements, they've actually uh, clearly stated in there that they don't cover the incorrect fuel, oil, anything like that added to the vehicle. There are some uh, niche companies that do cover some misfueling. We do some work for some insurance companies, but uh, the majority of them have actually written it out of the PDS. But the reality is when it comes down to it, if you look at the, the amount that they would have to pay for their excess, that wrong fuel rescue is a uh, is a far better option anyway. It's, it's, it's yeah. well under the excess of most people. Mm. I'm going to add another layer of complexity because I've noticed on your, on your website, you guys do a lot of work with some rental companies. What if I rented a car and put the wrong fuel in? Yeah. Do I ring you first? Or do I ring the hire company? And again, going back to Ross's question, am I covered under under their policy? Well, generically, uh, if you uh, hire a, a car, you've got to put your credit card down as a uh, as a bond payment, uh, or you have to pay extra for insurance. A lot of them, uh, you'd have to go back through the PDS statements once yeah. again. What's covered, what's not. As uh, we do uh, a lot of work for for hire companies it's simply because a lot of people that hire those cars aren't familiar with the what what type of fuel and things like that the reality is that if you ring the hire company and it, the hire company takes it back they will hit you that full amount of bond mm -hmm. um, and if it's not covered by the insurance from the hire car you're up for a new engine you're up for the whole lot so yeah really it is cost effective to ring us resolve the issue go continue on your holiday on your work that you're doing and that's the reason that you hired the car that's the other issue is that it's not a matter of oh, i've misfueled and i ring the hire company and i get a replacement car a lot of the times that, that that's not a feasible option you uh you end up in the situation where you've got you've got to go and hire another car because they they're without a car now yeah we do um we do, we do a, a fair few hire company cars and, and it's quite successful. It's very it's a very good uh, fleet arrangement. It's, de it's definitely worth using. I can tell you that now. Simon, do you guys keep a, like a statistics of what cars uh, suffer damage and how many of them are Camrys? I was just going to ask, are they all Camrys? <laughs> Oh, look, um, I, I would say that probably the lower the lower rate of um, is Camrys, simply because they're petrol vehicles, and uh, we only uh, yeah they're. And we established before 10%. you can put diesel in your petrol, is that right? No, yeah. was I not listening? I wasn't listening. Yeah, was Camrys, Camrys is a successful job. We um, we do a lot of Camrys. We do a lot of high, hybrid Camrys. Uh -huh. The um, lot of hybrid vehicles in general. Yeah, certainly we do. Uh, we do that. We do tend to. Um, to keep statistics on uh, a lot of areas, but uh, you would understand that uh, manufacturer or brand specific is quite sensitive information. <laughs> the other thing I was going to ask you as well, I, I had a Passat, a diesel, and it had a separate hole for AdBlue. Now, have you is that is, is that more European, or have you had issues with AdBlue going in the wrong tanks as well? Yeah, AdBlue, AdBlue is a serious issue. Uh, unfortunately, AdBlue is is a an area where salvageability rates are extremely poor. Oh, wow. Unfortunately, even if you were to take a vehicle to a, um, a conventional repairer, you would find that the salvageability rates are very poor. It's, uh, it's quite a corrosive substance. So if you've started that vehicle and it's gone up through the, the fuel system, um, a lot of the times the, the, the vehicle's not economic to repair. 
Wow. It's, it's um, look, it's a, I understand why AdBlue's around. It's a, it's an environmental thing. Uh, the concept of AdBlue is a quite a um, very good for the environment, but the the workings to actually make it work somewhat, uh, yeah, they're difficult. It's, it, it is too corrosive. See, you basically got to concentrate. I mean, I know the AdBlue was a bright blue. I mean, then once you open everything up, you've got two holes there. Something, it's quite easy to make that mistake. Yeah. Definitely. Um, even down to the point where to make it uh, much easier for Ad, AdBlue users, there is actually um, Bowser's at some of your larger service stations, truck stops and things like that, and it's an AdBlue Bowser. So it has a dispenser that's very similar to a, a petrol or a diesel mm-hmm. dispenser, and it's got the added issue that when you look at the Bowser, it's 75 cents a litre. So everyone goes, oh, that's good. wow, it's cheap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's Let's cheap. I'll use that. In. Unfortunately, it's not cheap if you've done that. I, I never thought of the price. If someone sees a price and thinks that's cheap, I'm going to fill it in. Because you're right, because petrol prices go from $1.20 up to $1.90. And diesel is consistently $1.39, $1.40. And I can't believe how sometimes people, are, a lot of families are price-driven and how that's also a fact. I never thought of that. I thought it was just a mate. It just colour coding and things like that. Yeah, and certainly um, I believe that uh, p- petrol or diesel is a, is it's a begrudged buy. You have to buy it. It's mm. it's a bit like tolls. So if you can find cheaper, you, you always go to that. That's why you got your successful schemes like your supermarkets with their four cents off and things like that and your price cycles. And that's, that's, um, that's why that occurs so much is simply because everyone is trying to chase that, uh, that cheapest price. Back to uh, Wrong Fuel Rescue. How, how long has the company been out? This um the the company Wrong Fuel Rescue uh, started off in Perth in 2015. Okay. Uh, one vehicle and yeah, it's uh it's grown into a quite a successful company. We're pretty well much now the experts in the field. We're we're the largest misfueling company in within Australia. We now have 11 vehicles across five states. 20 highly trained technicians who do a, an ex- extremely good job. What's the percentage of the car being salvageable by the road or can you take it to a, like a, a, do you then have a second level, your garages where we can get the car fixed? Our salvageability rates are extremely high. So we're, we're talking uh, vehicles that aren't, uh, that aren't mobilised are, are down in the, the, the 0.00. Like we're probably, you know, 100 vehicles out of that 7,000 that we, we haven't been able wow. to to, to get going and get, get sorted. And they're for silly things like Audi, uh, Audis with spark plugs that uh, take days to get the spark plugs out. It's a, it's, a, it's a real minor event, even down to the point where we offer a, um, a no start, no fee for our customers. So if we come out to you and you're in the unfortunate situation that you have damaged your engine or it's a, it's a, it's a vehicle that can't, can't be mobilized uh, for, for whatever reason, we don't charge you uh, for the service. And that's how our minor the, the, the frequency is. Okay, that's pretty good. But you'll get to diagnose, like you, you'll give the client, the customer, a, a level of understanding of what, what's really gone wrong and whether they need to contact the manufacturer or a, a, a oh, mechanic. Or... Yeah, definitely. We'll support them as much as we yeah. can. At the end of the day, we... The fact that a customer has engaged us uh, for their misfuel event, they're now our customer. So it's important to us to make sure that we we do a really good thing by them. Yeah, it's good. That's fantastic. Well, as I said, I've used it plenty of times at work because I've got a lot of drivers in and out of vehicles. And I always, yeah. the first time I got the call, I was like, oh, 
just call the mechanic, get it towed to the mechanic, and the, the person at the survey said, "Hey, you know, I think we can call these guys, and we now use it every time." <laughs> it's like a thing. Don't worry, we've got the wrong fuel. Just call these guys up. We know we know what to do now. We know what to do now. And, and you come within a reasonable time. Where what, what Ross just said, towing it to the mechanic, that may not be cost effective. I mean, it may take. You need to wait for the tow truck. It's going to get to the not, mechanic. It's not that, Pete. My, my, most of the times, my, my product, my vehicle's full of product. I've got it, deliveries. You need, to, you need the truck, <laughs> truck to move. You need to move. There's no option of well, sending Well, the mechanic it. says, I'm going to look at it next week. Take, like, yeah. uh, basically, we look at the pros and cons of the business, Simon, where you can pretty much get back on the road within an hour or two and using that, your that's, service. That's, that's part of the benefits of the business. Generally, it's, uh, we've, we've, we've got good coverage, so we, we, we will be out there within an hour. It takes less than an hour for us to do our full process. You're up and running again, driving away. And as you say, um, if you've got a, um, a, like a trade vehicle or something like mm. that, you're not making money while you're stuck at a servo. No, uh, your vehicles don't make money if they're um, sitting in a dealership for a couple of weeks until they can get to it. And, and you provide not only just an individual customer ringing, but you, you also, like for Ross's case, where you've got a fleet of vehicles, you can provide like a con, like some kind of contract or an arrangement with a, a company that's got 10, 20 vehicles. Yeah, definitely. One of the um, the largest fleets that we uh, we deal with has got about one hundred and forty thousand vehicles. Wow. So we we're quite um, quite good at providing those services. It's um it's it keeps. Keeps businesses like that on on the road and and making money. Yeah, that's right. I, I just didn't realise how um, dangerous it can be for the vehicle. Even two litres of petrol in a diesel's that damaging. I would have topped it up, guys. That's what I would have done. <laughs> I would have topped it up. I would just, nah, don't worry about it. I can tell you a story of back in my early days in in misfueling. I I wasn't convinced. I knew, I knew of the misfueling issues and the, the problems that were around there. And I was actually working for an insurance company at that time, and we were dabbling in the idea of of misfueling. We had a uh, a vehicle that had um, had been misfueled. It was claimed on insurance. It went to the dealership. I won't uh, I won't tell you what dealership it was. <laughs> they had difficulty diagnosing it. And then they actually um, came back to the insurance company and they quoted $65,000. They um, Shit. Because they had difficulty diagnosing it, they actually pulled the sump off the engine because they th- thought it was mechanical failure. And they found some, um, some metal filings uh, on the magnet of the sump plug. Mm. Which then, um, and the reality is, this is a car with four thousand kilometres on it. Wow! The, um, it must have been some casting steel or something like that. It had nothing to do with the misfuel event, anyway. So they quoted for an engine replacement. They quoted for um, replacing the fuel tank, uh, all sorts of other things. The fuel cap has to be replaced because apparently that somehow gets damaged. Anyway, they quoted for all that. It was a uh, less than a year old, the vehicle, yeah. so it was a new for old replacement. So the insurance company was looking at $120,000 to replace that with a brand new vehicle. We did the job, and I think it came out to about oh, $700 or something. <laughs> the car was driving around, and it's still driving today. It, it and, is... ha- and, ha- and how is your car driving, mate? <laughs> it's not mine. <laughs> I, I, 
I can tell you now, I never had $120,000 in my life to ever buy a vehicle. <laughs> Simon did say a friend of his. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is. It's, it's a probably, very... probably why the insurance companies have um, written it down to the PDS because it'd be very easy to do an insurance job. Just go and put diesel in your yeah. $200,000 car. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. The, the excessive costs of, um, of fixing it at dealerships and mechanics is, is why they wrote it out. It was costing them way too much money. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So it's not only um, insurance companies that are that are, uh, are bearing those costs. A lot of customers uh, who who believe in the dealership network and believe in their mechanics will actually tow their vehicle to uh, dealers, or and they will pay those sorts of um, not not sixty five thousand, but it's certainly you know. And I, um, I've heard anything in, in, in anywhere from two and a half thousand dollars right through to um, you know thirty thousand dollars to replace injectors and pumps and stuff. That's crazy. And, and the reality is, you don't know whether they're failed. They're replacing them because they're saying, "Well, oh, this is what the manufacturer says that needs to happen in this event." But it's quite a costly exercise, and that's where our option is uh, is is so good for the customer in terms of the, they ring us up, they get the quote, they make the decision within a couple of hours, they're back on the road, all the problems are gone, and and that's it. Yeah, it's brilliant. As I said, I've used them, I've used them many a times, and it's saved the fleet, it's saved me a fortune. Simon, plug away. How, how do our our listeners find you, and 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 how do they go about using you? So go to the so, bowser, put the wrong petrol in, yeah. then, and then what do we do? <laughs> we go out there, guys. The um, so basically we have a um, we have a, a dispatch team. We have uh, pretty well much uh, twenty four access on that. The one three hundred two eight two eight two zero. Just Google us, wrong fuel rescue. You'll see that um, our Google profile is very strong. We've got a lot of um, uh, very happy customers that uh, that we've serviced over the years. The website's there. Uh, we have Facebook. We have uh, pretty much every um, platform that you could possibly think on and the social media and stuff like that to get the message out there. The other one is that uh, we always um, uh, drop our cards in at the service stations to make it easier for the service stations to be able to deal with the issue. Service stations love us. They don't like the idea of a car sitting at a Bowser for, for no. ages, yeah, uh, sure waiting for tow trucks and things like that. And also they like the idea that we do a, um, a proper job. Uh, we've got the, the specialist equipment, all the licensing, all of that sort of stuff uh, to so that uh, you don't have that issue of, of fuel being spilt on the driveway and all of those. Yeah, and, I, and I'll finish on a story that I, I had a, a, a client of mine who got charged. He thought he, he'd do it himself by removing the fuel. And basically, it's a, a fuel's flammable liquid. You can't just let it run down the drain. And he did that. Oh, you're not allowed to do that? No. And oh, this, But because he did it on the side of, of, at the servo, the servo rang the police and because the, the servo didn't want to get blamed for any pollution for, uh, leaking from the servo. So the actual servo uh, dobbed him in and he got charged for it. So I, I guess Simon, your crew know what they're doing and, and uh, environment protection, EPA laws, uh, you, you, your, your service would would satisfy all those um, legis the rules and legislation. So We're fully licensed. We have uh, EPA licenses in every state, fully c compliant to all of the regulations, dangerous mm. goods, all of those sorts of things, repairer license. It's, it's, um, it's, yeah, it's certainly not a backyard of business. It's, it, we are the experts in that field. And it, it takes a fair bit to, to get to that point. So, yeah, I would, I would suggest to anybody, 
don't have a go at it yourself. There's just so much stuff that's uh, that's behind the background, and the EPA is one of them. And it could it's save awesome. you thousands, if not losing your car. That's right. Thank you for coming on. That was yeah, very informative. Was How good are we? We get our listeners uh, a little lesson in the difference between petrol and diesel and saving the money. And So it's, thank you very much, Simon, for coming on. Rate us. Review us, download us, send us uh, your questions to alltalk at outlook.com.au. Yeah, you know where to find Simon and his team at uh, Wrong Fuel Rescue. Uh, look them up. They pretty much offer a, a, a great service for a mistake that you may think is the end of the world. So, mate, thank you again for coming on. Yeah, thanks, Simon. That was great. Thank you for inviting me. And bye for now. Bye.